Thanks for being here tonight. We are uh, going to be starting, kind of working through some uh, evangelism uh, training and some things you've, you've probably seen. I think it's been a couple years since we did uh, this one, but we wanted to share this one again because we, we really love this one. So there's going to be a little bit of video, a couple of videos, uh, but then we'll have some, some time to talk to one another and, and interact. I know y'all love that. How many of you love that? Come on. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you got a handout and you got a yellow card. If you did not, raise your hand and my wife will be happy to give you one of those. Um, a yellow card and a handout. The yellow card, do not write on it. It's not for notes. All right, we're gonna, you're going to hear about how to use that later. Um, but let's, let's start off this way. I'm going to pray because I want to get into it and, and go ahead and get started. But um, just, just as a reminder, some of you probably know this, but we have a Cleveland team leaving in the morning uh, to go up and see Tony and Beth work uh, with them this weekend with their fall festival. So we'll be leaving tomorrow, come back Monday. We've got 11 of us, um, really good team going. Um, where is everybody at? What is today? What's going on? That's good, yeah. What's going on today? Did something happen today that I know about? Is this, okay, just me. All right, well, good. I'm glad you're here. Everybody's at the Methodist church? Maybe so. <laughs> Try it out tonight. Was it Fall Fest? Were they having their Fall Festival tonight? All right. The Harvest Festival. Sorry, yeah, the Harvest Festival. So, well, um, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're here. Uh, so let's let's remember to Cleveland. Um, let me pray for us, and we're going to get right into it. We're going to have a prayer time at the end, also um, more intentional um, and, and praying for certain things as we close out. But I want us to just open up in, in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much that. Lord, we can come in your house. Uh, Lord, we can learn and we can listen. Father, I pray that you would help us to, uh, to just sharpen our, our minds, Lord, as we, as we look to the gospel and look at what you've done for us and, God, how we can share that with others. Uh, Lord, I, I think um, we, we need that. We need, we need to work on that all the time, Father. And the more we work on that, Father, the more natural it comes, just a part of our, our speech and our conversations, Lord. So, would you help us tonight, Lord, to listen, uh, Father, just to be attentive and also just to, to, to just listen to what you have to say to us, God. And God, that we'd be obedient and sharing the gospel more. And Father, that we would constantly have those conversations with people and leading people to Christ, Lord. And we pray for those people in our lives that are close to us or not so close, God, but that are far from you. People right now that do not have a relationship with you, God, but Lord, I pray that you give us an opportunity to share the gospel with those people. God, that you would put them on our hearts, and God, we begin to pray for opportunities, and we would make the most of those opportunities, and we would look for divine appointments and how we can share the gospel with them. Lord, I thank you so much for your love and your mercy, and we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the good news that, that has come into our lives, God, what you've done for us to save us. And we give you the praise and the honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, I wanted to, wanted to start off uh, with this image. Um, most of you know what this is, the map of our town. Um, I don't really know what to call it. So this is funny. I was on Google Maps, and I put in Powdersville, South Carolina, and Google Maps actually gives you a little red outline of the whole Powdersville area. And then you put in Piedmont, it gives you a whole little area. And then I got to us, and I was like, well, what are we? Does anybody know what, what area this is that we, you would call it? White Plains? I don't know. I, just, I, was just, I, I just thought it was interesting that Powdersville was on that side of us. Piedmont was over there, and I just didn't know what ours was. But I was looking at the map, and this red circle is approximately a five-mile radius. All right, don't get your maps out and start checking my, my radius. But this is approximately five miles, all right? Um, nothing special about the five miles, I just, I just kind of put it up there to, to see it and started thinking about for us that, you know, we, we've done really well in going to the nations and to the world and, and planting churches and, and sending partners out and making sure that we cover that with people that have never heard and people that don't have a, a church in their community um, and started thinking about what about saturating, saturating our community 
And I think I've shared this a little bit, but as I looked at this, there's another map that I put together, and I want to show you this. Look at this. You know what those blue houses are? Our church members. Is that not crazy? You start thinking about, well, maybe we need to saturate our community. You know what? I think we already have. Now, that's not to say we're done. That's not to say because all those little houses are there. What I'm saying is this, and I said this before, that every one of those little houses represents a go partner. It represents somebody in this church that lives in this community that has influence, whether it's in their neighborhood, in their workplace, with strangers in the coffee shop or the grocery store. Every single, these, single one of these dots represents a go partner, that God has called every single one of us to be missionaries where we live, work, and play. And I look at that and I say, that's encouraging, isn't it? To know that at least within a five mile, we could probably go out a little bit further and, and see more, but, but within a five mile radius of our church, we know that the gospel has influence in this community. Now, does that mean that we're doing what God's called us to do? I, 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 probably not, and probably we could do more. We could probably each, you know, God help me to be a better influence to, to my neighbors. We're gonna share something coming up at the end of this series that we're doing, which will be kind of the end of Wednesday nights in 2018, um, that, that will help you to kind of see this and see your neighborhood. But one of the things we asked you to do a couple weeks ago um, was very intentional, and what was that thing? Do you remember? At the end of the, the time together, I know it was two weeks ago because Johnny Touche was here last week, but I asked you to do something. To impact, impact cards, to pray. I asked you to think of three people that, were, that did not know Christ or far from God, and I asked you to put those names and I asked you to start praying. What, what, this right here helps us to kind of picture that, that maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood, maybe there's somebody in your workplace, maybe it's just somebody you see a lot because you visit the same coffee shop often. Maybe you need to start praying for those. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that because this right here means that, you know what? Every single person within a five-mile radius of this church has access to the gospel. You know how we talk about it oftentimes that there's places in Thailand that people have never heard the name of Jesus, the unreached people groups. Boston is even less than 2% as well. Listen to me, listen to me. This is not an unreached area. <laughs> the five-mile radius, even probably 10-mile radius, is not an unreached area because they have you. You have gospel influence that you can, at, you can saturate into your neighborhood and your workplace. And I think the thing what we want to do and, and just bring to mind is this, that, that we just think every day that I go out my door, I have the gospel. And everybody that I come in contact with has access to that gospel. Why? Because of me. Because Christ said I was, I'm an ambassador. Paul says we're ambassadors for Christ. And every single time we step outside of our door, we have the message of Christ in us and with us. And if we're gonna be obedient followers of Christ, then we're gonna continue to influence every single person around us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I read a book the other day and, and a quote was this, that missional living, it's a big word around all church leaders and they've talked about missional for a long time and what that meant. And I saw this one guy, he said this, missional living is this, acting and living like missionaries without ever living the city where you live. Think about that. He's saying missional living is you acting and living like a missionary and never leaving the city that you live in. God's called us to that. And that doesn't mean we don't go to the ends of the earth. It doesn't mean that we stop going to Nashville and Cleveland, Boston, Kenya, and Thailand. But it just means this, that in addition to those places, we have a, a mission right here in our own backyard. But the Go Partners are sitting right here in this pew. The Go Partners are here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And we are to take the gospel to those 
closest to us. And so I wanted to just kind of walk you through that and see that. I thought it was kind of interesting. But tonight we're going to talk about this, turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations. This is a book that Jimmy Scroggins wrote. You're going to see him on the video in a little bit. But turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations. There, there shouldn't be a day go by, and, and, and there is. Let's just be honest. It happens for me that days go by that we, we never even mention the gospel. Anybody else there? We get busy in our own work, and especially for you guys, because work is not necessarily tied to the church or to Jesus or the gospel, and you get busy in your work, and we talk to a lot of people. We interact with a lot of people but the gospel never comes out of our mouth. Tonight is not to make you feel guilty. Tonight is to train you and equip you so that you can have those conversations every day, that everyday conversations are just turned into gospel conversations. Now, tonight, it's gonna seem like, well, that's another presentation, Chris, and you told us, and pastors mentioned this before, that we want to, what, focus on what? Everybody remember the, the sentence that he gave us? Not presentations, but I think it's conversations. Thank you. Not presentations, but conversations. And so tonight's gonna seem like a presentation, but I believe with enough training and equipping and enough times doing this over and over and over the next couple of weeks, you're gonna get into a flow where it's gonna feel like this can become natural. It can become mine. And this is how I share the gospel with somebody. We want to really start to equip you so that everyday conversations turn into gospel conversations. Got it? So let's watch this video. I'll come back and I'm going to give you some instructions on what we're going to do next. My name is Jimmy Scroggins, and I'm so glad that you're here, ready to be trained to turn everyday conversations into gospel conversations. Let me just outline for you what we're going to do over the course of the next six weeks. We're going to start each week after this one with a time of what we call focused prayer. It's prayer specifically for the people each of you know who are far from God. Then you'll watch a short training video like you're doing right now and take some notes on the listening guide in your training book. I'm going to direct you straight into what we're calling your class training reps. Your facilitator is there to help you practice in here, and then he or she will facilitate a time of sharing stories to celebrate what happens as you go out into the real world and do your personal training reps, which will be assigned to you at the conclusion of each week. This is very important. No matter what you do, don't skip your reps. Okay, let me just tell you a little bit about how we develop this gospel conversation guide called The Three Circles. I'm the lead pastor of Family Church, and we're a network of neighborhood churches in Palm Beach County, Florida. We're a multi-campus, multi-generational, and multicultural church made up of people who are about 50% English-speaking Anglo, 30% Hispanic Latino, and 20% African American Caribbean Black. We also have political and socioeconomic diversity in our church. We live in an area with a lot of irreligious and unchurched people. The Barna Research Group recently reported that our city has the highest percentage of never church people of any city in the United States. When I consider that there are millions of people living in our region who remain far from God, I knew we had to get serious about reaching them. Now I've had meetings and attended conferences to figure out how to best do that in this day and in our time, but then I just went back to the Bible, to the book of Acts where this movement called Christianity actually started. As you may know, the book begins with the Great Commission. In Acts chapter one and verse eight, Jesus tells his followers that they will receive power and be his witnesses all over the world, both locally and globally. The disciples gather together, have a 10 day prayer meeting, and then the Holy Spirit shows up in a big way. When the Holy Spirit comes, this ragtag group of fishermen and ex-Roman IRS agents go out and begin to preach the gospel of Jesus. On the first day they do it, 3,000 people repent of their sins and believe in Jesus. They get baptized and start the very first megachurch. If you keep reading through the book of Acts, you'll see how the gospel spreads like wildfire. In Acts chapter three, Peter and John turn an everyday conversation 
into a gospel conversation, healing the lame beggar. Peter preaches another sermon and 5,000 people repent and believe. Acts chapter four tells us that Peter and John can't stop talking about the things they have seen and heard. By Acts chapter six, the number of believers have multiplied greatly and a movement is breaking out. In Acts chapter eight, the persecution is so intense that believers begin to scatter, taking the gospel message with them. By Acts chapter 17, these brand new believers are accused of turning the world upside down. And in Acts chapter 19, we read that over the course of just two years, all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jew and Greek. Historians estimate that this statement means 8.2 million people were reached within that first two years. Not every one of them became believers, but they all had the opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel. And this is our goal. So go ahead and open up your trainee guide and begin writing. Let's write this down. We want every resident of our communities to have repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel. As we're obedient to tell, and as they hear, many will repent and believe. We can turn our world upside down, just like they did in the book of Acts. We don't have to wonder what in the world the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to do what he did the first time he came into a group of believers. He empowered them, led them, and guided them to preach the gospel, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus. They invited people to repent of their sins, believe in Christ, and be baptized. This is what the Holy Spirit wanted to do on the first day he showed up, and it's what the Holy Spirit wants to do right now. It's what he wants to do in West Palm Beach, Florida, where I live, and in the community town or city in which you live. So here's some thoughts as we get started. First, we have to get serious about reaching far from God people. Our mission hasn't changed. Jesus still tells us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This isn't just for the professionals like me or your pastor. It's not just for those who've been to seminary. This mission is for all ordinary, everyday people who call themselves Christ followers. Second, we have to get serious about prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. On the one hand, these were ordinary people, but they had also just been praying together for 10 days. Their focused prayer preceded the spiritual power they received to do God's work. Each week, we're going to start with a time of focused prayer. We call it focused prayer because it is prayer only for the people each of you know who are far from God. You will pray for these people because we believe that the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to do what Jesus would do if Jesus were physically present on this earth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads, teaches, encourages, and helps believers to do, say, and to think what Jesus would do, say, and think if Jesus were physically here. Third, we have to get serious about having more gospel conversations. If we're going to reach millions of people, it's not going to be because all the preachers really white knuckle it and amp up their efforts. We need hundreds of thousands of Christians, just like you, having millions of gospel conversations every single day. In the book of Acts, it was the Joes, not the pros, that got the gospel out. Through our interactions with far from God people across South Florida, we have developed a way to share the gospel that we call the three circles. The three circles is a gospel conversation guide, and we're going to train you to use the three circles to turn everyday conversations into gospel conversations. We're going to train you, and we're going to help you get reps. It may seem awkward and unnatural to practice the three circles over and over again, but think about the importance of practice in other areas of our lives. I know when I played football, my coach made us do drills every single day. We ran the same place over and over until we could execute them perfectly. If we wanted to perform well at game time, we knew we had to get reps at practice. Now, Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Outliers, concludes that it takes 10,000 hours of practice before someone truly excels in his or her field. Gladwell suggests that almost anybody could become an expert at something if they would get 10,000 reps. He isn't prescribing some magic formula for success, but he's emphasizing the importance of repetition in any serious endeavor, while ours is a serious endeavor. I know you're here 
because you love Jesus and you want to do what he's asked us to do. I know you're here because you love people and you want to make a difference in their lives. I know you see and live with the brokenness that's all around us and you want to do your part to fix it. So we're going to train you to do just that. We're going to help you get a lot of gospel reps. Now I'm going to go through the three circles right now so you can get your first rep. So go ahead and get your pen, your paper, or your napkin and draw this out with me. The Bible tells us that God has a design for every single area of our lives. He cares about everything about us. He cares about our marriages. He cares about our parenting, our money, our jobs. He cares about every aspect of our lives. And the Bible says that if we'll operate our lives according to God's design, then we'll live in the arena of God's blessing. The problem is that every single one of us has a tendency to depart from God's design because we want to do things our own way. We depart from God's design. The Bible has a word for this. And the word is sin. And the Bible says that all of us have sinned and we all fall short of God's design for our lives. When we sin against God and depart from his design, we end up in a place we call brokenness. Now, we've all been in broken places in our lives. Brokenness feels like shame. It feels like regret, emptiness. It's the feeling of being used. It's loneliness. When we end up in brokenness, though, it feels like a bad thing. But in a lot of ways, it's a good thing because it calls our attention to the need to change. When we're in brokenness, we try to change things, and so we maybe dive into another relationship, or we try to make more money, or we try to numb the pain of our brokenness with drugs and alcohol, but whatever it is, we figure out that the change that we need doesn't really come from in here. The change we really need comes from somewhere else. And the Bible says there's very good news for every one of us, and the good news is that God wants to heal the broken places in our lives. The Bible has a word for good news, and the word is gospel. And the gospel is the simple story of how Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He came to earth as a man. He died on the cross for the sins of the world, and he was raised from the dead. Now, when Jesus was dying on the cross, God did a miracle. He took the sins of the world, that's your sins and my sins, and he put them on Jesus. But then when God raised Jesus from the dead, God proved that Jesus could do everything for us that he said he could do. He can forgive us of our sins, and He can heal the broken places in our lives. So the kind of change we need doesn't come from out there. The kind of change we need comes from the gospel, and the Bible has a word for the kind of change that we need, and that word is repent. Repent means to change our mind, to change our heart, to change our direction. And when we repent of our sins and we believe the gospel story, the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, then the Bible says that Jesus comes into our lives, He forgives our sins, and he begins to heal the broken places in our lives. And because he does that, then we have the opportunity to recover and pursue God's design for our lives. Now, when God comes into our life, he then takes us and he sends us back out into a broken world where we can tell others about how Jesus can heal them. So now it's your turn. I want you to pair off right now, right there in the room, and pair off with one another and go through the three circles. Don't talk about going through the three circles. Don't make excuses about not knowing what to say. Just do the best that you can right now to share the three circles with someone else, just as if they've never heard it before. Let each person get in at least one rep and then switch partners and do it again. Your facilitator will help you team up. This is practice time. Now let's get those reps. How many times I've watched this, I've watched this years and years. I mean, it's been out for two or three years, and we've seen that, Pastor, and I've seen it. And I think I, as I watched it right here, I realized how fast he's talking. <laughs> Anybody feel like overwhelmed? Like, wow, that was really quick through that. Um, but this is the idea. As he talked, I mean, this is a sit sweet corpse that they have designed to go through with training manuals. We're not doing all that. We're going to go over a couple of weeks, and you're going to hear this a couple of weeks, which is going to help. Because the more we see it, the more we write it, and the more we speak it, I think it begins to become ingrained in our mind. And I think that's good. I love what he said about the reps. You know, why do we practice? Why do we tell our kids, practice piano, practice violin, practice bass? All these things because it makes us better. Um, and it ingrains us. Why not practice, you know, sharing the gospel? You, you remember a couple weeks ago we asked about, you know, what scares us about sharing the gospel with people? And I never forget one thing that's always said is this. We feel inadequate. We just don't know what to say. 
well, now's your chance. Now we know, and we're going to learn this over and over. This is what I want you to do, and I've got a reason for doing this, all right? I want you to pair up with somebody, okay? Awkward, right? Some of us in here, introverts, are like, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. I'm just encouraging do it. Laugh at each other together, all right? Let's work through this. What I want you to do, and I'm going to give you a timer, is three minutes. I'm going to ask you to just share what you, what you got in three minutes, all right? The best you know how, okay? A little cheat sheet at the top of your handout is the three circles. If you can read that small writing, there's the three circles if you didn't get it all. But I just want you to just start to, to walk through this, all right? You don't have to do it perfectly like he did it. He's, he's recited this I don't know how many times. Um, he's taught this for years and years. But I think it's important that we begin to just say it out loud, all right? So I'm going to give you a timer. So go ahead and find you somebody. This is not time for you to sit there and go, I'm going to say it to myself. I want you to find somebody, all right? I'm not going to go pull you out of your seat or anything like that, but I just want you to find somebody. Let's have a good time, interact. Hey, if you see somebody sitting alone, just go over there and nudge them and say, hey, we're going to do this together. doesn't matter. So go ahead. Everybody, everybody find somebody. Yes, three minutes each. On the yellow sheet, you can use the yellow sheet. That's what it's for. Three minutes each. <laughs> Get my wife. All right. You ready? All right, first person ready. Do the best you can. Here it goes. Three minutes. Go ahead. Start now. I can imagine. You share. You share. It's her turn. All right, time's up on that first person. Some of you are like, well, we already both went. Um, and, and I'm sure that kind of goes fast when you don't know exactly what you're saying. But I'm going to give you three more minutes. Is it, is it, did everybody already say it? <laughs> Share that gospel fast. <laughs> Who needs some time? I want, I want you to go. 
Uh, three more minutes. Here we go. Do it again if you've got to do it again. Here we go. Practice makes perfect. All right, time's up. The awkwardness is over for right now. How many of you how many of you say that was the most awkward thing you've ever done? Not the most. You didn't like it? Uncomfortable? How many of you were uncomfortable? Judgy eyes from the other person? That's tough to deal with. Do it do it with your eyes closed next time. That will help. What what else? What else was I know it's the first time, some of you, first time you saw it. So it's like, I didn't even get the second circle. All I know is the first one. So talk to me a little bit. What was easy? What was hard? Okay. That's good. And we're going to talk about that. And in videos to come, it talks about how to transition. And, and I think it is right it's as we build those relationships, you know. And, and the good thing is this. The way he does it is not necessarily the way you have to do it when you're talking to somebody. Um, just the other day for me, two weeks ago, I was sharing three circles, but I shared the second circle first. You're like, you crazy. What? What? The second, and I said, you know what? We live in a broken world. They were talking about all their problems and all their struggles. And I said, you know what? That's where we live. And I said, but that's not how God designed it. That's not, that was not God's original plan. And, and we go into the whole reason of why the world's broken. And so it's kind of a little backwards, but that's all right. This is, this is not, again, this is not a thing of we want you to get and memorize this presentation. It's one reason I didn't give you a handout with the words of how to do it. Now, there is an app that you can go and it tells you kind of a transcript that you can read. 
but I don't want you to get to a point where you've just memorized verbatim everything that you need to say. I want it to become a part of, this is what God's done in my life, and this is what I came to understand, and this is what I want to share with you. And that's the cool thing about having this little drawing. You're at a restaurant, pull out a napkin and do it. Hey, has anybody ever shared the three circles with you? You know, what's wrong with that opening up? As you hear their story and what they're going through, and you, and you talk. I'm going to show you another video later on also, of, um, and, and this is where they start with the brokenness circle. Uh, but it was a great three-minute gospel presentation on the street. They did this in the UK, and they talked to like, I don't remember how many people it was, but they, they had some good interaction with people. And so I want it to become natural for you. I don't want it to be, oh, let me get my track out. Let me share you with you what this says. I want it to become a conversation about the gospel. And, and the good thing what Jimmy talked about is the more we repeat that, the more we you know, do repetitions, the more we practice, the more we train, the more we understand, the more natural it becomes, right? I, I, I think that will help. So I wanted to get that awkward moment out and allow you to do that. But it's also just fun to kind of use one another. Because, um, you, you know, yeah, we, we laugh. We say, oh, I felt judgy eyes. You know, we, we know there's no judgment here. And so we're all in the same boat. You, you're sharing that together. And so we're going to do this over the next few weeks. We're going to do this over and over and over Again, not so that it's just trying to ingrain a, a manuscript into your mind, but to help you to do that. You know what? Everyday conversations become gospel conversation. Listen, you know what? We work at things we love. Can I just say that? We do things that we love. We practice things that we love. We repeat things that we love. I started thinking about, I didn't grow up in a, in a, in a sports house but I started thinking about so many people in our church and probably around the community that know sports like that. I mean, the back of their hand, they know the stats for every player. They know where they went to high school. They know where they went to elementary school and what they ate for breakfast. And they can tell you what they're gonna, the draft that they're gonna be in and all this stuff. They know it, why? Because they spend time watching Sports Center or other things. You know why they do that? Because they love it. Can I just say this? There shouldn't be anything that we love more than to practice the gospel and hear what God's done for us so that we can share that with other people. You know why? Because we live in a community where we can have everyday gospel conversations with people and they need the Lord. There are still people in our neighborhood that need Christ. And too many days go by that every single one of us walk by them and we never say a word. Can I show you something? I, I was gonna do this later, but I wanna do it now. You see this right here? This is actually from the United States Census Bureau. And right now, that clock that is changing, world population and U.S. population, it says that every eight seconds, a kid is born. Every eight seconds, a new child is born into this world. It says that every 12 seconds, someone dies. And then they talk about the, the, the international migrants. Every 29 seconds, there's one that's added. So right now, net gain of one person every 13 seconds in the United States. As I studied for this tonight and as I looked at that clock, I thought, you know what? That's one more person coming into this world that doesn't know the gospel. Right? As a child, and my thought is this, are they going to grow up ever hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ? 328 million people living in this, this country. Right now, Pew Research, that this comes from a book that Jimmy Scroggins even wrote. He said this, that a third of Americans identify as none, saying that religion is not important to them anymore. A third of Americans. Guys, I'm gonna tell you something. This is no joke. And the reason we are not sharing the gospel is because we don't really know how to share it, right? It's not that we've never accepted it. We need to get serious about training and equipping our people to share the gospel because you know what? It's getting worse and worse by the day. Every eight seconds, there's a child born in the States and many of those will never hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Whose fault is that? Can we just, can we just get a little honest with one another? Whose fault is that? Let's get a little bit more home. Ours. <laughs> it's believers, but it's us. It's me. 
everyday conversations into gospel conversations. This is what I want to do. I want you to watch this next video, and this is on the back of your sheet. You're listening, God, listen really fast. I have the answers if that bugs you, not having blanks filled in. But I want you to hear this because this is so important. What he talks about in this one is the gospel part. He's going to talk about that third circle, helping you understand what you need to say and what, what needs to be addressed. Let me, t- let me say this real quick. Church family, kid grew up in the church all their lives, go away to college. They get to a certain college, begin to, to talk to people, and, and then all of a sudden someone asks them this question. What does the word repent mean? This kid who grew up in church all his life, parents grew up in church all their lives, this kid looked at that person and said this, I don't know, never heard of it. Does that bug anybody? Does that, does that bother us? That, listen, listen, I'm not saying to pick on any one person, but I'm saying this. Listen, our kids are growing up not understanding the gospel. Probably a lot of the reasons because we don't understand the gospel. I love how Jimmy starts this. Listen to this. And then we'll, we'll come back and close out. Welcome back. I wish I could be there in the room with you to hear how your reps went this past week. I love hearing when someone takes that leap of faith to turn an everyday conversation into a gospel conversation. Just recently, I got a text from a friend that said, meet Lou, 90 years old and a new brother in Christ. He facilitated 22 space tours with NASA, and I just got to share the gospel with him using the three circles. The three circles works, and this session is going to focus on the heart of the three circles, the actual gospel. When I was a young seminary student, I had the opportunity to go to the Philippines with the Bob Tebow Evangelistic Association. You probably know Bob Tebow as the father to his more famous son, Tim, but I grew up in Jacksonville where our families planted a church together. Bob was my pastor and he's a great mentor in my life. So Bob and I were in the Philippines and he took me to a huge outdoor market on the island of Mindanao so I could preach the gospel. Now, keep in mind, at the time, I'm a seminary student taking master's level classes in the Bible and theology, so I think that I really know my stuff. I was certain that God had called me to be a preacher, and I was fired up. When I got up to preach, I gave it all I had. A crowd gathered. People were engaged. I told them about Jesus and the perfect life he lived and the death that he died. I explained how he died on the cross for my sins and for their sins, and I told them that if They repented and believed in Jesus. God would forgive all of their sins. And let me tell you, people responded. I would say maybe a hundred people came out of that crowd that day and professed faith in Jesus. It was an amazing feeling. I was exhilarated and confident that I had done what God called me to do. I had preached the gospel. Well, later that night, I sat down with Bob to review the day. I was feeling pretty cocky. I was ready to get my attaboy. Instead, Bob told me that I had given a great effort. He told me he was proud of me and that my passion really showed, but he said there was just one problem. I had failed to preach the gospel. Can you imagine my surprise? I mean, people responded. And while only God knows the authenticity of those responses, Bob went on to explain that I never told them that Jesus rose from the dead. I preached part of the gospel, but not the whole gospel. Bob told me emphatically, he said, Jimmy, if you're going to preach the gospel, preach the gospel. He told me that I should never ever do evangelism without presenting the death and resurrection of Jesus. Well, I was embarrassed, but I've never forgotten that lesson. I got some excellent coaching that day. So why don't you go ahead and open your trainee guide and let's take some notes. In this week's session, we're going to focus on training you to share the whole gospel. 
The Apostle Paul gives us a complete and succinct presentation of the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Paul writes, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The Gospel is simply this. Jesus died for our sins, He was buried, and God raised Him from the dead. Hey, why don't you say it with me right there in the room? Jesus died for our sins, He was buried, and God raised Him from the dead. It's His finished work that makes us right with God. Jesus did something for us that we could never do for ourselves. You know the word gospel literally means good news? And who doesn't want to be the bearer of good news? It's good news that broken people like us can be in a relationship with a righteous, perfect, holy, and just God. So go ahead and get out your pen, your book, your paper, or your napkin and follow along with me as I go through the three circles. The Bible teaches us that God has a design for every aspect of our lives. And if we'll live our lives according to God's design, we get to operate in the arena of His blessing. So God cares about our families, our marriages, our money, our sex life, our work life, and just plain life. But the truth is that every single one of us has a tendency to depart from God's design. We want to do things our own way, and the Bible has a word for that departure from His design, and the word is sin. The Bible tells us that all have sinned, and we fall short of God's design. When we depart from God's design, we end up in a place that we call brokenness. All of us know what brokenness feels like. It feels like shame, it feels like guilt, it feels like regret. It's what we feel like when we're empty or used or we feel cheap. It makes what we feel like when we feel lonely. When we get into brokenness, we always try to mitigate the pain of our brokenness. We always try to escape our brokenness, so we dive into new relationships or try to make more money, or maybe we try to numb the pain of our brokenness with drugs and alcohol, or maybe we just try to white knuckle it and try to be a better person on our own. But what happens when we're in brokenness is brokenness calls our attention to the need for change. We know something has to change. Well, the Bible tells us some good news, and the word for good news is the, in the Bible is the word gospel. The gospel is the story of Jesus. The Bible teaches that Jesus is the Son of God. He came to earth as a man. He lived the perfect life and He never departed from God's design in any way. But Jesus died on the cross for our sins and was raised from the dead. The Bible says that while Jesus was dying on the cross, God did a miracle. He took the sins of the world, my sins and your sins, and put them on Jesus. After Jesus died, He was buried. And then three days later, God raised Him from the dead. And the resurrection is important because when God raised Jesus from the dead, he proved that Jesus could do everything He said He could do. He proved that He could take away our sins and begin to heal the broken places in our lives. So the brokenness that calls to change actually calls us to repentance. Repent is a Bible word that just means to change your mind, to change your heart, to change your direction. And if anyone will repent of their sins and believe the gospel story, the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, they have the opportunity to have their sins forgiven. Jesus comes into their life, and then God gives us the power to recover and pursue His design for our lives. This is really good news, and this is what the Three Circles is all about. So there you go, you've gotten one more rep in. Now, we're going to work on your gospel presentation so you don't make the same mistake that I made in the Philippines. God's design is fairly self-explanatory. Sin may not be a familiar word to people, but it's easily explained as a departure from God's design. Brokenness almost needs no explanation since most people clearly identify with the idea that a lot of things just aren't right. It's probably someone's brokenness that gave you the opportunity to transition the conversation to the gospel in the first place. So we're going to train you to practice T-G-I because every day we have opportunities to transition to the gospel and invite people to repent and believe in Jesus. We're starting with the G for gospel because the gospel is of first importance. When we share the three circles, we need to clearly explain several things. We need to explain repent, 
Repent means to change or change direction. We turn from our sins and turn to Jesus. We turn from our brokenness and turn to Christ. We need to clearly explain what it means to believe. Believe means to trust or put our faith in the person and work of Jesus. We need to clearly explain the gospel. The gospel is simply this. Jesus died for our sins, he was buried, and God raised him from the dead. You can say more than this, but not less. If you say less, then you aren't preaching the whole gospel. You can use a lot of verses or only a few. You can work in your own personal testimony, but however you do it, make sure you tell the gospel. A three circles cheat is to draw a down arrow, a cross, and an up arrow in your gospel circle, so you won't forget any of those elements. I'm going to explain the gospel the way I'm most comfortable explaining it, and after I do that, you're going to work on coming up with your best gospel explanation. Ready? When I draw the third circle and write gospel in it, this is what I say. The gospel is a Bible word that simply means good news. The good news is that God loves us. He loves us so much that when he sees us in our brokenness, he doesn't just leave us there. Instead, God sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life and die the death that we deserve. Jesus died on a cross, was buried, and God raised him from the dead, proving that Jesus is who he says he is. The Bible says when we repent and believe in Jesus, God does a miracle. He takes, he takes all of Jesus' righteousness, puts it on us. Now we're in right standing with God, and he helps us recover and pursue his design for our lives. Did you see what I did there? I put together the story of Jesus with John 3.16 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4, to explain the whole gospel. I haven't always been able to do that, as you know from the story I just told you. But now, I have a lot of reps under my belt. And this is what we are going to do. We will practice telling the gospel over and over again so that we can tell it accurately and effectively. But now, it's your turn. I want you to practice the three circles with special emphasis on the gospel piece. Make sure that you share the whole gospel. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Why don't you just say that out loud with me right there where you are. Let's say it one more time. You ready? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Now, go ahead and partner up with someone, maybe someone you don't know very well, and go ahead and share the three circles. Once you've practiced, let the other person give you some feedback about your gospel piece. Did you tell the whole gospel? Then let them get in a rep and you provide the feedback. Are you ready? Don't just talk about doing it. Partner up and start getting some reps. Once you're finished, your facilitator will give you time to celebrate stories and assign your personal training practice so that you can get more stories and more reps in this week. running out of time. So you're not going to pair up, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to go home and I want you to start just thinking about the three circles. If you need some help, if you need some, you know, some fill in, I can help you with that. I can point you some resources for that. You can Google it. Um, actually, they have their web, a website. I think it's on NAM's website, but you can find out the three circles. You can look up the app, Life on Mission, um, which is a great resource. But I want you to, to listen to this, and we're going we're gonna to finish tonight on, on that focused prayer um, as we close out. But I want you to listen to this verse and write this down. He, he gave this when he was talking about the gospel. But I want you to make sure you get the whole thing because he said 1 Corinthians 15, 4. It's 3 and 4. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. I think this is a good reminder for us all. And uh, Paul, Paul tells him in verse 1, he says, Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached. I want to remind you what I told you. This is the good news, that Christ died for our sins. And I think one of the cool things here, and I told Pastor about this from, from Jimmy, he mentions a couple of times, but making sure that we let people know the Bible says, the Bible says this. Not necessarily having to open up the Bible every time and, and point it to them, but letting them know this is the words of God saying this, but that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Why is that important? Because the scriptures point to this, that Jesus is who he claimed to be. 
I love, Jimmy, I, I put the sample gospel presentation on your, your handout there. I would encourage you, just read it over and over and over. Make it your own. Rewrite yours. How would you share the gospel portion of that circle? Because really, the most important piece is what? It's that circle. As Jimmy said, we could go through the whole three circles and, or go through two circles, and it means nothing if we don't share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that these people need to repent, to turn, to change. Not change and come to Christ, but let him change us. To change our minds, repent and believe. And so I think it's very important that we go through this gospel presentation over and over in our minds so that we know, all right, I'm saying everything I need to say. I think every one of us in here would probably come up and say that there's probably some times we feel inadequate to share. That we don't know exactly what to say. Or maybe it's just that intro that transition into the three circles or into a conversation. But it takes practice and it takes time just listening to yourself and learning, how would I say this? How would I do this? If this is the most important conversation in our life, why would we not work at it? I'll never forget, one of the classes in college that I hated the most was public speaking. Anybody hate that as much as I did? You don't know, but I hated that class. I took it with Jennifer the only reason I took it is because she was in there. But I hated that class. It was like, I, I don't want to get up in front of everybody and make a speech. I don't want to write out all these things. Listen, the more I practice, the more I preach, the more I speak in front of people, it still feels awkward sometimes, but the more natural it comes. So the more we do this, the more we practice this, the more natural it's going to come. And it's going to turn our everyday conversations into gospel conversations. I promise. I promise it gets easier. We're going to show you some more videos in the next few weeks coming up. Um, like I said, one just on the street interviews that people that shared and how they did it. I think that's going to be really neat for you to see and hear uh, how it's done in person. But I don't want this to become a presentation. So what I want to do in the last couple minutes is this. Some of you maybe wrote names down. Some of you haven't. Maybe some of you just in your, in your heads. I want just to just lift up some names of people that we know that are far from God. And I want us to just repeat their first name. That's all I'm asking. People that you know that are far from God, and we want to pray for those names tonight. So anybody want to start us? One name, just first name. John. Denise. <laughs> this is good, but Billy. Margaret. Glenn. Nick. Debbie. Listen, Jimmy said this in the first session. I don't know if he caught it, but he said this. We have to get back to focusing on prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. You remember, you remember what in the beginning of Acts when Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses? Then what did the disciples do after that? Where did they go? They went and prayed. I really believe this, that we're not going to see these people far from God come to know him until we get on our knees and start to call out, begging him, God, would you please save him? But use me. Use me to start that conversation. What am I going to say the next time I see him? Maybe you start the three circles. Maybe you get through the first two. Maybe you don't get to the third one at that moment but I'm, tr I'm trusting and praying, God, would you do something in our midst, in our lives, that all of a sudden we begin to call out for people that are far from him and we begin to do something about this. And the people that are closest to us in this neighborhood begin to see the gospel played out in their lives, heard from our mouths. How will they hear? How will they hear? Right here. Let's pray for these names. Father God, I thank you so much that you give us the opportunity to share. God, first off, that you would save us. Second, that you would use us to take the message of Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray, Father, that we'd be obedient. Maybe even some of us tomorrow, that we would step up to the plate and we begin to share the gospel with these people that are far from you, God. God, give us the courage and the boldness. 
Help us to fine-tune what we're going to say and how we're going to say it, God. Not so that it's a presentation, but, but because, you know what, God? This is what you want for their life. God, use us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last thing, go practice, all right? Go home, practice in front of the mirror. It won't be as awkward as with somebody else, right? Just kidding. We'll see you guys Sunday. Thank you so much.